The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to reproach the cities in which most of his deeds of power had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades. For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that on the day of judgment it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. The Gospel of the Lord. We continue reading in the book of Exodus and we see one of the major themes, which is God's providence in leading his people out of slavery and into freedom and eventually to the promised land and establishing a nation. And we see in today's reading four particular ways in which this providence is worked out just in chapter 2. God uses the faith of two women to further his plans. First of all, Moses' mother outsmarts Pharaoh. Pharaoh had put a decree that all people should, if a Hebrew male is born, throw that particular baby in the Nile. Well, Moses' mother keeps the law to the letter. There was nothing saying that she couldn't first put the child in a wicker basket and plaster it over with pitch and then put the wicker basket with the child in it in the Nile. So keeping the letter of the law, she throws her son into the Nile. What's interesting is that the word used for this wicker basket is the very same word used in the book of Genesis for Noah's Ark, in which humanity was saved. And here we begin, we have God's providence at work where through this particular device, God's people will be saved this time by raising up a leader. Secondly, Moses' sister outsmarts Pharaoh because she knows that the wicker basket has been placed in the Nile and she carefully watches as it floats down the river and she sees that Pharaoh's daughter opens the wicker basket and sees a beautiful child crying and she has compassion for the child. And then Moses' sister goes to Pharaoh's daughter and says, would you like me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? And she agrees and says, well, I'll pay whoever you find to do the weaning. What happens? Moses' mother is the one chosen, of course, and she gets paid by Pharaoh himself. Thirdly, Pharaoh's daughter gets involved. She names the child Moses, which means to draw out, signifying his very mission, which is to draw out God's people from slavery, to draw out from the waters of the Red Sea, the Israelites, which is going to be a symbol of baptism. Fourthly, Pharaoh's daughter, after Moses is weaned, brings him into Pharaoh's house. And he becomes part of the household. He's brought up and given the very best 
finest education, which again is God's providence at work because Moses is going to be the leader of God's people and he's going to be the lawgiver, be able to translate this law and make it available. And he needs an education to do that. Fifthly, even Moses' sin is used by God in a providential way because when Moses becomes an adult, as we just read, he kills a Egyptian who was beating a fellow Hebrew slave of Moses. Moses murders that person. And it gets to the attention of Pharaoh. Pharaoh then wants revenge on Moses. Moses, therefore, has to flee for his life. And so sin has that capacity of bringing us into exile. But God uses that because now Moses has to go into the desert out of the safety and confines of the Egyptian finery. Now he learns how to survive in the desert and learns all the various paths, which is going to be crucial when he leads the whole nation of Israel through the desert to the promised land. And now he's going to know all of the aspects of desert life. These are just five ways in which we see God's providence at work. And this is the point that Jesus makes in today's gospel. Jesus begins to reproach the cities in which most of his deeds of power had been done because they did not repent. In other words, they should have recognized, again, God's providence in his deeds of power and that, in fact, his power was now in Christ and then repented of their sin and turned to the Lord and they didn't. And so he enunciate, woe to you, Chorazan, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the deeds of power done in you had been done in these pagan cities of Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom than for you. The message for us is clear. God is always working his providence in the world. And it's for us to recognize that, to further deepen our faith and turn our lives over to God and repent of any sin that still remains in us and be available for God to work again and again through us, his providential plans, because we're part of this Exodus journey. The sponsorial psalmist says it best, turn to the Lord in your need and you will live. Let us do exactly that. As we continue to journey in this life, where all kinds of issues and troubles surround us, let us remember all those deeds of power all the way back into the book of Exodus, all through the Old Testament, God's providence, his love, continue in our lives. May we repent and make ourselves available for God's plans.